Alright, how we doing everybody? I'm your host Will Reddington and welcome to another episode of Red Talk. Our show is brought to you by Vegas Live 365. If you are looking for a way to bet on sports from the comfort of your own home, if you're tired of driving across the bridge, Vegas 365 is your spot. Message me, Will Reddington 4 on Twitter if you want to get set up, whether you bet $5 or $5,000 every single week. Vegas 365 has you covered. Our show is also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy Sports. Use promo code RED with two Ds for a $20 deposit bonus on any deposit, $20 or more. Thrive has awesome NFL contests rolling each weekend. You could win up to $10,000. And of course, we are also brought to you by O'Shea's Irish Pub. O'Shea's Irish Pub, as concerts and events start to return to the KFC Yum Center, there's no spot more equipped to give you the best pregame or the best postgame you could ever ask for than O'Shea's Irish Pub, downtown 123 Main Street. Very easy to remember. All right, let's get it going. Red Talk, we are back. AB Austin Bigot is here, as am I, Will Reddington, your host. Hey, what's up, man? Any, anything happened last week? We had a pretty good week. Uh, nothing. Nothing of note happened, I don't think. Oh, nothing of note. Just me preseason correctly predicting the Super Bowl. Is that, is that all? Yeah, I'm mad at you that we're doing this right now. We should have just recorded this episode in September. Yeah, I know. It's been the same thing. It was so it foretold. Yeah, it wouldn't have been as valid. You know, a lot of people wouldn't be, wouldn't have believed. If we it. dropped our Super Bowl preview in September, that'd be so hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I did every yeah, week. You did. I, I was honest, though. You know, we talked about it on Sunday. There were a few weeks where I said, you know, I don't know. I'm starting to become unsure as to whether the Bengals are making the Super Bowl. I never said they weren't. I just said I was starting to become unsure. It, it turns out they did. It's not easy to do uh, correctly predicting the Super Bowl before the season, especially when you look at preseason odds, 250 to 1, uh, 125 to 1 after week three, which is where I checked in, and 50 to 1 before the playoffs, which is where I checked in again. Um, you know, pretty cool. I, I, I can't lie. Sunday was probably the happiest I've ever been watching sports or at, at least tied with uh, some other events. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I mean, just I can't believe it's the Bengals Rams um, at all. But based on how both those games were, I mean, Bengals down 21 3 and Rams down 10 in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's truly unbelievable from every aspect. You know, it really is. And I wish I could have that clip right there of you saying, I can't believe I can't. it's Bengals Rams. Not it, even that it should it's be like a song. I mean, I, I I obviously I can't believe it's Bengals Rams, but like I could have believed it. Like going into Saturday or Sunday, I was eighty percent sure the Chiefs were going to win. And but if you would have told me before, like, hey, the Bengals are going, I'm like, okay, I can I can see a way. I can't see them down twenty one three. The Chiefs have first and goal with the five, basically two different times to win the game. I mean, they score at the end of the first half, it's over. They score at the end of regulation, it's probably over. And then they win the coin toss in overtime. Just unbelievable. The Bengals were able to overcome all of those things. So, you know, I mean, props to you. I can't believe that you did it. 
Uh, thanks, man. You know, it's pretty special. Uh, I go by many nicknames in this life. Uh, you know, I start off as a kid. It's it's Will, you know, and then it's William, Willis, Will Bond, Wilson. Uh, and then you then you grow up a little bit and you start getting like the Silk Prince, the Sun Devil. And then and then you hear they hear this new one that, that I think you coined the other night, the Prophet. And I really like it. I just, <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of, of that one. I'm, I'm glad it's added to the artillery. Before we jump into these games, I want to answer a few popular questions that I've received this week from uh, uh, listeners friends um am i from the future um no 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 i i just hit the gas and spit every rap as if it's my last uh how did you know this was going to happen well i didn't at all i just uh predicted this because these are my two favorite teams i've loved the rams since i was a child and the Bengals have uh joe burrow king of men uh, Joe Shiesty, the, the guy who is, you know, I, I think two years ago we were doing Red Talk and I was like, yeah, Joe Burrow, he's better than Patrick Mahomes. And while that's still probably a little inaccurate, you thought it was pretty stupid. I'm sure everybody, I'm sure we lost listeners over me saying that. Not really sure it was the best thing for me to say at the time, but it is truly how I felt that he was right there in that class or at least would be uh, this soon. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I did think it was that soon. And uh, who are you rooting for? That is the number one question I've received this week, and it is the toughest one to answer. I, I explained it to you. Obviously, it's cool, the matchup, but to wake up, when I wake up on game day, I want to kill. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm in the shower. I'm listening to the game, Eminem, Ludacris, a lot, of, a lot of stuff that gets me ready to go. And I mean, I don't know what I'm going to listen to like that at morning, like Nora Jones or something. Like, I'm going to be like relaxed, just hoping everybody has fun. Yeah, I think the biggest, I mean, obviously looking forward to it, it's um, the Super Bowl. I mean, it's the biggest sporting event of the year. It's one of the best times, uh, the Super Bowl party. But uh, I, I think I'm most looking forward to watching how you react to um, a big play because it has to go against someone. Like if uh, Stafford yeah. throws a pick or, you know, Burrow gets strip sacked, I just want, I'm just going to look at you. I feel like I'm going to be looking at you the whole game. Like, yeah, what, what are we uh, doing? <laughs> in terms of, in terms of a gambling perspective, obviously we had the Super Bowl matchup, but I did take the Bengals to win the Super Bowl while I was like wasted in week three of the preseason. And uh, that's uh, 50 to win like five grand. So that, that is there. That exists. And I have the Rams at 16 to one and at six and a half to one. So right now, financially, it would benefit me more if the Bengals won. I'm going to try to even it out to where it's totally even and we're having fun. I'm going to dress in such a ridiculous manner. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to wear. Jersey, bro. Dude, I, I'm probably too late. It might be too late now. There are sites making me promises that I don't know that yeah. they can keep. And I'm worried that if I get the split jersey, because you have to buy both jerseys. Please go Buford if you do. <laughs> if you do split instead of. Uh, Burford. Stavros. Buford like is so much better. better. No, oh, you're out of your mind. But I have to buy both jerseys, you know, and yeah. then they, they mesh them. And yeah. like if I get it after the Super Bowl, you know how stupid that is. I mean, you can still have it forever. Yeah. It wouldn't be the last time you wear it, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, if they ever play each other again, you can wear it again. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it really is. It's hard to believe though. I, I I don't know the answer to the, the root. And like you said, I think it's going to happen to me while I'm watching the game. I've loved the Rams since I was a kid, but I've never spent a second of my life cheering against Joe Burrow. These two teams have not played each other. And like, I love the Bengals, like basically their entire team. I've ridden with them the entire season. And it it's so 
it's such a weird mental place to be in. Wake up, your team's playing the biggest game ever. I, I told you all when I got to Dylan's on Saturday, I or Sunday, I I've only had four days like that my whole life where your team can maybe go to the Super Bowl. They're very few and far between, but when they play in the Super Bowl, to spend it that way, like just like man, I hope everybody has fun and stays healthy. Can't wait to see the halftime show. Like I feel like um like I like I don't even care. Yeah, uh, that that's wild. Um, just uh, from a outside party i would i would say that you should want the rams to win just because i, I get the the financial aspects aside but if, if you do even it out like you're saying i feel like you should cheer for the rams because i mean that's your childhood team you've only been with the Bengals for two years now um also joe burrow is going to be doing this the next i mean there's no guarantees getting a super bowl is hard there's no guarantees he ever does it again but i mean he's one of the best quarterbacks in the afc he's got 15 more years of this stafford not that many years left um the rams as a whole you don't know how many how many years they can keep that team together i mean they have a ton of star power their window is definitely way smaller than the Bengals' window um so i personally think that you should not even cheer not really like cheer for the rams but like think want the rams to win more than the Bengals, just because i don't know it's hard for me i've only rooted for one team my whole life. So I can't even put myself in what you're going through. Yeah, as most do. Uh, it's comparable to the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl circa 2016, LSU versus Louisville. LSU won that game by 40. And I, I think all yeah. week I told everybody I'm cheering for Louisville. And then I woke up that day and I just put all my purple on. And I think that's just because I thought LSU was going to kill them. And they, yeah. they totally did. They sure um, did. Yeah, so that was more about picking a winner. This game, I... You're right, though. I mean, I, the Bengals are such a community-style thing. There's so many people yeah. around here Louisville, that yeah. love the For Bengals. Sure. And I've I've loved seeing them so happy this week and celebrating, kind of getting on this Joe Burrow train. But the Rams, are they're just me. You know, there's no other Rams fans out there. All the St. Louis people abandoned them. It, there's it's just, not many fans out there. Even it, in it's LA. just me. Me and, like, 60 others across the country. So, I... I don't know. I don't know. I need time to think about it. We're going to do this again next week where we preview the game. I'll try to have some sort of a decision by then. But in terms of how we got here, 21 to 3, I'm feeling like we're pretty out of luck. P. Ryan breaks off a screen pass that hasn't worked all season for 41 yards and a touchdown. The Chiefs have the weird, we're, we're not going to take a field goal. We're going to go for it. And, you know, if they get a field goal there, they get a field goal out of the half. You get six points. It's kind of the same. They get the ball. The Bengals make a big tackle and get a big stop, and and everything kind of changed. But the Bengals didn't play as good offensively as you would think they would have had to to erase an 18-point deficit. Yeah, I think this is the, the first time in Mahomes' career that we've seen him, I mean, choke. You can say choke if you want, just look beatable. I mean, even that Super Bowl when they got killed last year, they you know it, you know that wasn't really on him. Like he had zero seconds, he was getting completely killed in the backfield he was making unbelievable throws as wide receivers weren't catching uh this i think this is more on andy reed than mahomes mahomes definitely did not play good i mean they were they were rushing for like seven yards of carry and they just completely abandoned it in the second yeah. half and then when they did pass where it comes on mahomes fault um he he even said after the game he had he had some check downs and stuff he was trying to make like a big play you saw all those plays where he's running around the backfield that we've seen him do so many times he's running around the backfield five ten yards and the, the plays downfield just weren't there and, uh, I mean, credit to the Bengals' defense because that's the worst that he's looked, especially at least in a big game in his whole career. It, you know, the Bengals had no pass rush in the first half. He's got all day. They scored touchdowns on their first three possessions. And you look back 30-some days ago, they'd score touchdowns on four straight possessions to start the game at Cincinnati. Yeah. And instead basically of— basically the same game. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, they the Bengals were so much more high-powered in that first matchup offensively with Jamar Chase and whatnot. And they kind of took Jamar out of it. They did a really good job. But the Bengals went to rushing three people instead of four, which is such an odd move when you can't get a pass rush. And they just dropped eight. And Mahomes is trying to make that home run play. He's not taking that that quick play that gets you a first down. He's waiting too long. He's doing all these spins and theatrics. And then eventually the Bengals get to him. But it, it's 21-10. They get the ball back. And they, they kind of blow it again. They get another field goal. It's 21-13. And then he throws that interception to the defensive lineman. And everything kind of changes. We get that Jamar Chase fade. The Trent Taylor. You know they had that drawn up all week. That guy doesn't even get in on offense. This is the play we're running for the two-point conversions. The old Tyreek Hill play. Motion from one side to the other and get the quick hit. Devontae Adams runs it a lot too. And boom, it's 21-21. I still didn't feel very good about it. No, I mean you you never can against the Chiefs unless you're unless you literally have the ball last, which is what happened in overtime. But yeah, I, I kept waiting. I think most of America kept waiting for the Chiefs to put one drive together to put the game away, and they never did. And then at the end of regulation, when I mean the announcers, people on Twitter are talking about let them score, let them score. I think yeah. I mean I I thought it too at one point because you just. It's so unlikely to stop them four times, well, three times, uh, from the five-yard line or in. And they, the Bengals, they actually moved backwards, like 25 yards, back-to-back sacks. So, yeah, the, I don't. we haven't seen anything like that from uh, this Chiefs offense. And like I said, Andy Reid on the just abandoning the run was really weird to me. I mean, they were gashing them because, because they were rushing three, like you said. Yeah, I mean, Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think we're both averaging five or six yards a carry. And that that was like so defeating, cheering for the Bengals. Like, oh my God, we can't yeah. stop their run. What are we going to do now? But like you said, first and goal from the five, you feel like it's inevitable at that point. Wow, we made it this far. It's been a great season. They push them backwards. And that was their only points in the entire second half and overtime was that field goal when the buzzer went off. To force overtime, they win the coin toss. I was I was a big advocate. I was like, we got to go heads in overtime. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Turns out it's like a 50-50 thing, and you might be wrong about it sometimes. Crazy. But they get the ball, and once again, Mahomes tries to make the big play. The Bengals get an interception. They roll down. Evan McPherson puts it on ice. And still, when it was over, even when there's champagne going in my eyes and everything, it's 6 o'clock on a Sunday in Louisville, I couldn't believe that it was real. Yeah, it still doesn't like it's going to be so weird seeing the Bengals in the Super Bowl. It's going to be so weird. Al Michaels is on Pat McAfee today, and he's talking about, yeah, we had the Chiefs Sunday night football five times this year, the Rams three times. We haven't called a Bengals game in three years. Yeah. Like, so under the radar. And it's it's one of the most insane Cinderella. You can't really be a Cinderella team in the NFL because only until a couple years ago, the top six teams get in, and now it's seven. But. I mean, it really is, considering they didn't even play very well against the Raiders or the Titans, and then they beat the big, bad Chiefs and they're down 18 on the road in Kansas City. I mean, it's seriously one of the craziest runs in NFL postseason history. Yeah, and you look like like we talked about, the Bengals' defense, great, but Joe Burrow was 11 of 18 throwing the ball in the second half and overtime. 
you would think that he would have had to light it up. It would yeah. have to be this insane performance. And it really wasn't. There were a few really gutsy runs where he escaped and got late play first downs. But he can play so much better than he did on Sunday. And it really is like Joe Burrow's getting a lot of the credit. And I love Joe Burrow. But it was a sum of the parts vid- or victory for the Bengals. They, they had so many contributions from so many different people on defense and offense. They took Chase out of it. T. Higgins really, really stepped up. Uzama goes down. Cam sample worst tight end in the NFL maybe they still find a way to win this game it's uh, it's unbelievable I'm so proud of them I've been so thankful to be on this ride with these with these wonderful Bengals fans I'm happy they're there and their prize is the big bad fanless star power SoFi Stadium flooded with red. Stafford's in a silent count at home. Niners up 17-7 going to the fourth. It's over, right? Oh, it's 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 done. The Niners did it again. Niners Bengals Super Bowl round three. Oh no. No, the Rams have Cooper Cup and the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo. Rams going to the Super Bowl too. How about that? Yeah, that's way less surprising. Um, especially after we saw the after the Packers got eliminated, I feel like the Rams are the best team left. And, I mean, the way the Packers played, you can say the Rams are the best team left either way. But, yeah, um, the Niners, they had this game. They let McVay get away with a terrible coaching performance and Stafford get away with a very below-average game. Um, Tart, I don't – I mean, I feel bad for the guy. That's one he's not ever going to get back or live down. That that I don't know how to say that ends the game, but they're up three, get it back at midfield with eight minutes left. I mean, it's going to be tough for the Rams there. Uh, but the Rams find a way. Really happy for you as a good guy. And um, Stafford, who got sacrificed in Detroit for 10-plus years, uh, it turns out he's been good this whole time. He just needed a team around him. And uh, those, when they show, I think the Niners had the Niners had the ball still up three, and they show Aaron Donald on the sidelines screaming at his teammates. And then I don't think the Niners got a first down or even like a positive play after that. That was... I mean, the, the way the Rams D-line dominated the game the last um, six minutes or so, their last two drives had no chance. They went straight backwards. Uh, and I know Jimmy G is not good, but like I don't know how many quarterbacks would have had a chance with that pressure and all that. So, um, yeah, that that is going to be the matchup to watch in the Super Bowl, obviously, is if the Bengals O-line can hold up against probably the best defensive line in football. Yeah, well, it it, it felt like – because of the score, right, that the Niners choked this game away. But it was so weird. I felt like yeah, as a I fan mean, watching it, the Rams were dominating the entire yeah. game. Outside of the dropped interception, I mean, the Niners didn't really do anything that, like, they could control. Like, <laughs> No, I mean, Rams, 25 first downs to 49ers, 16. The Rams had 100 more total yards. The Niners had five punts to the Rams, one. Niners, six penalties to the Rams, two. This was a dominant performance. Third down, Niners th- three of nine, four, uh, Rams eleven of eighteen, and Garoppolo. Those last two drives, what do you got? You got to throw the ball now. You kind of had to throw the ball game. Niners only fifty rushing yards, one of six for negative two yards, and an interception on his final two drives. The Rams just put their foot down. No more. We're going to come up, press coverage, and we're going to get to the quarterback. And it was really, really impressive. I think the Rams finding a way to win that game where they played better, where everything went against them, and they still found a way to survive this this team who wasn't wasn't that great with the Niners, but still they had the Rams number. They get there. This Super Bowl is going to be so interesting because like you said, and we're going to dive more into it next week, but the Rams defensive line, 
every single position, every single position, when you look from Leonard Floyd, Greg Gaines, Aaron Donald, and Von Miller, they are all so much better than the Bengals guy that is going to be trying to block them. Yeah, uh, when when the line first came out, uh, plus four, I don't, I think it's might be down to three, three and a half right now, but it, it'll go back and forth between three and four the, for the next uh, week and a half. But when it first came out, I think my initial reaction was, oh, Bengals are getting four. Um, they're, I mean, they're just so hot. Team of destiny. They have the better quarterback and the better kicker by a mile. Which I mean, sounds kind of dumb, but quarterback and kicker are like kind of the two most important positions in yeah. playoff football. So they have a way better kicker, like not even close, and. Joe Burrow and Stafford is really good. It's not like it's a crazy downgrade, but I, th- I think everybody can agree Joe Burrow's already better than him. So that, and then I started thinking, I was like, man, they're gonna have. They gave up nine sacks to the Titans. Uh, there was a few plays against the Chiefs where that uh, thing is he the backup, the guy you and Hogan always talk about because he gets beat like every play. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, they got. Yeah. They're gonna. You saw um, they moved Aaron Donald around where he didn't have to directly go against Trent Williams every play. I think you're going to see a lot of that in the Super Bowl as well. And if they if he's on if he's not on Aaron Donald, he'll probably be on Vaughn Miller, who definitely still has some stuff in the tank. So started thinking about that. Um, it's the best D line in the NFL versus not the worst O line, but one of the weaker units in the playoffs. And then you got Jalen Ramsey's going to be able to probably take Chase or Higgins out of most of the game, like. You saw the Chiefs say, we're going to take Jamar Chase out. You're going to have to beat us with the other guys. Jalen Ramsey easily has that capability. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think the Rams have way more talent. Uh, outside of the team of destiny vibes, I, I think I think you got to lean with the Rams here. Oh, uh, you know, Joe has dealt with being heavily pressured all season. I think he's number one yeah, in the, the NFL with face. The, the, um, the two biggest plays in the Chiefs game were when he – on that one drive where he broke out of the backfield on third down and got the first down both times. Like that, if the chiefs get a sack there, they get the ball back and probably win the game. Yeah. And the Rams are going to get to him, but he has to be getting good at it. Right. That's kind of what these results show that even on these bad plays that we see him take sometimes where he maybe should throw the ball away or get rid of it sooner, or just, I mean, you're going to get sacked. There's nothing else to do. He lost. He finds a way to kind of still win. So at this point, I could see him keeping the Bengals in the game, especially with the Rams' ability to leave so many points on the board. And look, I mean, the Rams have played in the Super Bowl three times in my life now. Not at 99-2000, they win. Dyson stopped at the one. Uh, 02 or 0102, greatest show on turf. They lose to the Pats. Unbelievable, terrible loss. 14-point favorite, which I somehow know, even though I was an eight-year-old. And last time we played, when I went and watched the game with my mom. Maybe you know, the worst Super Bowl of our life. I mean, the Broncos lost by 50. You can argue that one was worse, but at least there was points. <laughs> Austin, I mean, we, 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 played, we played the Super Bowl three or four years ago, right? We, we also played another one 20 years ago. We haven't scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I would assume you're going to probably score a touchdown or two this game. So I, I think it has the potential to be an awesome game. I mean, you, you think that going into every Super Bowl kind of because it's two of the best teams in the NFL, but – uh, if the Bengals can contain the Rams' defensive line, they can score some points. You know Cooper Cup's going to have his. Odell's been playing great. So uh, what's the total? It's got to be high 40s, and right? half. Yeah, four, 49 and a half. Um, let's hope that we get a shootout um, just for viewership's sake. I know a lot of these playoff games have been uh, pretty low scoring and even kind of boring at times. That Niners-Rams game had a lot of uh, 
like little, little spots where nobody could really move the ball or do anything. So I didn't think so. Most intense thing I've ever watched. Yeah, I mean, it's not boring because it's the NFC Championship game. But, you know, uh, everybody likes points. So I hope this turns into a little bit of a shootout between Burrow and Stafford, two gunslingers. I, yeah, I, I'm obviously it's a Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to this game a lot. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. I do, I do like the under there because of the Rams and Bengals. We've seen these teams, I feel like, kick or attempt so many field goals. Right? Yeah. Like, McPherson kicks a ton of field Like, they, they just find a way to kind of stall their drives. And, I mean, the Bengals' defense, it, it was incredible second half against the Chiefs. It woke a lot of people up. But the Bengals' defense is going to give the Rams trouble, especially if Tyler Higby cannot go. That is a problem. Obviously, Kendall Blanton was spectacular. They're running plays from him. Everybody's like, who's that guy? First touchdown against the Bucks. Hometown hero stepping up, doing what he's got to do to help this team. The Rams can't run the ball at all. The Bengals absolutely have the advantage at running back. And although I do don't, let's say I don't know either of these teams and I don't like either of them, I would lean Rams as of now. But the Bengals have plenty of advantages against the Rams, which I think lines us up for a great game. And it lines me up to totally be able to take the Rams minus 200 and the Bengals plus four hit the middle 24, 23. The game goes under. I'd be insane. If you, if you call it correctly predicted score as well, I know them pretty well. I know these teams pretty well. Yeah. um, It's really just going to come down to which quarterback. I mean, which quarterback takes care of the ball more because like I said, I think Burrow's going to have a lot of pressure on him this game from the defensive line. And Stafford, I mean, he, he's a great quarterback, but there are times, and you saw it with that arm punt. He got bailed out by the drop, but there are times where he makes bad decisions. So it's going to depend on who takes care of the ball more, in my opinion. It's going to be up to Stafford. They're not going to try to run the ball. They abandoned yeah, it against agreed. the Niners. That screen pass to Sony Michelle on third and three in the red zone was so horrendous. I mean, I, they, they, this team stresses me out so much, but they are really good. Odell's great against zone coverage. That's what the Bengals do the most of. That's how they beat the Chiefs, just drop everybody back. Somebody's open for a second. Well, now they're not open. They've been passed off. And Odell kind of finds those spots. Cooper Cup, uh, Jesus Christ, as a wide receiver. It, it Cooper Cup six and a half to one to win the Super Bowl MVP. That's got to be like the lowest for a non-quarterback I've seen in a long time. Yeah, and honestly, that might be who I bet if I bet. <laughs> you think the Rams are going to win? I mean, it's it, there's a good, just as good of a chance that he wins it as Stafford wins it. Yeah, I mean, two touchdowns last week. They were both Cooper Cup. <laughs> I think Aaron Do- Aaron Donald good value too. If you think the Rams are going to win, he's like plus eighteen nineteen hundred right now. Yeah, if you're defense, you basically hard, have though. to score have or to have a game, the game winning turnover. Yeah, like Von Miller yeah. did, and yeah, and Peyton Manning didn't do anything that game. So yeah, and you know, it's Von hard. Miller. Still, he's on this team too. You know, maybe he's kind of a, a super. He's Bowl, a Super Bowl god player. Yeah, yeah. The Rams have guys that have have been here before, and I, I don't know. It's going to be so fun. I look forward to listening to all these guys talk during all the media things that go into Super Bowl week. It's going to be awesome. Next week we're going to do all the prop ads. I'm going to hopefully drill my uh, first song performed again. I'm kind of getting hot with that's those. Gonna be, that's going to be tough this year. Oh, it's like going to be tough. five different people. You don't Maybe even know my who's toughest sing challenge. First. I'm leaning towards Mary J. Blige family affair. We'll see. I got to look at the odds. I haven't done enough research yet, but it, it, it's going to be a great day. SoFi Stadium is 
beautiful. Uh, there's going to be hardly any fans, I think, from either team there. It's just going to be a yeah, bunch of celebrities. NFL fans. Yeah. yeah it, it, the, the prices for that are so absurd. I mean, lower level, you're looking at $30,000. Last row, awesome. I'm in the game. That's about five grand. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely nuts. Normal fans just cannot go near that bad boy. But still going to be really fun. We'll do the rest on the game last week or next week. But yeah, uh, Rams, Bengals, Super Bowl. Just like we all we all predicted, you know, I mean, at had the end of the, the day, only, had very a podcast in the country that predicted this in September. Oh, isn't that funny? You're listening to all these guys like on Monday that are getting paid millions of dollars to all their these idiots. Rams, Bengals, haha, just like we all Who could have known. There I am in my work cube, just disgusted at what they're saying. <laughs> it's unreal. But uh, yeah, uh, it, overall, just extremely thankful that these two teams have won. I mean, the fact that we still get to talk about the Rams and Bengals, you've hated it all year. I mean, I just unload about them every single week, <laughs> no matter what the lines are. Oh, I like the Rams and the Bengals. <laughs> Can't like them both unless you go. I like Rams money line and Bengals plus full beer. Uh, oh, you already know that's what I'm taking. They're going to meet me right in the middle. And I'm gonna have I, the thing about me watch this game is there's going to be so many props in play that I am going to be emotionally reacting to stuff. Yeah, I think I went about zero and twelve last year, so let's do better than that. <laughs> we Starting are, with, the, you know, you know, we're going back. We're coming back from more tales. We're the like worst, seven of the last nine years. Got to be the worst prop Super Bowl podcast in America. You know, to, I did to, good. I did good too when it was the uh, Chiefs Niners, and then I. Did all the Chiefs things again last year, and they didn't score a point. They robbed me with that Damian Williams MVP. I couldn't believe it that year. That was that uh, disgusting. Oh man, but yeah, um, yeah, we're looking forward to going like one and twenty on our prop bets. I do uh, er, er, early lean. I like the Bengals to punt first, minus one thirty. Uh, just <laughs> yeah. Some early, uh, yeah, I can see that for sure. <laughs> some early research. Uh, yeah, but uh, gonna be fun. Um, anything else going on? Anything you want to discuss? Uh, no, it's, I mean, it's Super Bowl. Yeah, it's not it's, Super Bowl week, but it's Super Bowl week. It's Super Bowl. We'll do all the other stuff after the season, your, college uh, basketball-wise. What's your favorite Super Bowl party dish? Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, you know I go into your house or wherever, wherever we are. I've been with you, I think. This will be my third straight yeah. year with you. And then I should have been there the year before, but I was watching the Rams with my family because I thought y'all would be mean to me, which you totally would have, 13-3. to 3. Dude, we all hate the Patriots. You know how yeah, I would have been, I I, been there in pain with you. It's the toxic feeling of like, oh, how is this team in the Super Bowl? This they team can't score points. Jared Goff. You know, I, I don't want to deal with that. That would have been you leading the Jared Goff chance. <laughs> yeah, probably. But, you know, people forget. Todd Gurley, long run. They called holding. It wasn't there. Tony Romo saw it wasn't there. It was disgusting. Uh, yeah. We're not going to talk People about Tom Brady it. retiring. Um, Tom Brady, cool career, I guess. Greatest football player of all time. It's crazy. Right. Kind of overrated. It's crazy how the Rams knock him out, end his career, and he wants to take the shine away from the Rams yeah. who are playing in the Super Bowl by retiring. He could have waited a few weeks. He didn't. Um, I think that's pretty sad. Uh, Louisville got hosed pretty bad against North Carolina. I do not want to talk about it. Um, that's uh, That's about all I got going on. Cats back in the top five. Are they winning right now? Up seven on Fendi. Good team. Five to go Good team. Yeah, half. national title contender. Got nothing bad to say they about They have the day. second best odds now. I don't love that. Wow. Cool. That usually does not end well. It usually doesn't end well either way. but Rightfully so. Absolute throttling of the Kansas Jayhawks on Saturday at Kansas. Incredible performance, 80-62. to 62. They look really good. 
They do. That was a fun game. I don't think Kansas is very good, though. They have, like, uh, two players. Yeah. They'd be at Iowa State without two of the Remy and uh, that other man that I'm not going to trust his name. It's cool, though. You know, you're on top of the world. You correctly predict the Super Bowl. You got all these nice messages flowing in, people saying congratulations to you. It's awesome. And then you're like, how is life going to knock me back down? Oh, yeah, UofL gets hosed against North Carolina, and then LSU loses at home as a 14-point favorite to Ole Miss. So that's yeah, you awesome. You saw that one coming, though. That was like the, the text I woke up to. I, I did text you that. You're like, well, Ole Miss tonight. I was like, it's 8 at 30 in the morning. <laughs> I mean <laughs> – I was to try to help you out. LSU was fair by 14 over a Division One college basketball team. They lost the game. That's pretty egregious. That was the spread. Yeah, you're welcome for the help. All right, we're uh, we're moving on. Not sure what's next. It's either The Bachelor or Euphoria. I'll go ahead and do both. Here's Shay or here's The Bachelor. Right, Lexi Browning, Bachelorette Talk, week four. Man, am I excited to talk about this show. So fun, so great, so much better than talking about all the awesome football that's been going on. But Lexi, what's what's going on? Great to have you back. I don't know what you mean. We're going to talk about some football here. They did not oh. leave us hanging on the football content this week. Uh, got really deep into sports watching this episode. Um, I had a lot of fun this week. I think it was a really good turnaround from last week. I was pretty entertained the whole way through. Yeah, um, you're so right about that. There was some football. More football than we'll probably see the rest of the season. And you know I love breaking down the sports dates. So we definitely have a little bit of that. But yeah, let's go ahead and jump right into it. So we start off where we finish like we usually do. We're getting a lot of to-be-continued in Clayton's season. But this episode is uh, Clayton's biggest challenge he's got to figure out. Who is starting this drama? So we started off Elizabeth and Shanae sit down with Clayton in between them. They're both going to argue. Absolute war. Shanae seems impossible to argue with. She won't give in. She's pesky. Doesn't quit. Clayton, as a middleman, doesn't do a great job. He eventually just uh, gets up and walks away. Yeah, that was pretty awful. He had nothing to contribute at all and gathered nothing from this interaction. Um, Shanae kind of had a point. She was kind of on to something when she was like, you were in the hot tub. She oh, was. Man. Elizabeth was there. We saw it last week. But, Elizabeth was in the hot tub. But. <laughs> I'm so insignificant to the entire thing. Exactly. It's all she had. She was like, give me one example of bullying. And she was like, that one time that you didn't respond to my shrimp offer right after you yourself just ate a ton of shrimp. It just, she had no leg to stand on, but she found one. She said, no, now, now you're a liar. And I kind of respect her for finding that little loophole and writing it as far as she could. She found it. She wasn't going to let it go. I mean, Shanae, once again, awful character to the world. I, I don't, I can't really speak for you. I think that she is hilarious. I still think that after episode four, don't like her any less. So funny to watch in the show. Uh, a lot of shrimp talk again. I, I don't see it dying. Um, you know, and we, we did have that situation where, um, you know, what's uh, Elizabeth? She's like, I'm a lady. Shanae's like a fake one. And Elizabeth's like, she's called me fat. And it's like, okay, <laughs> that's a flop. That's a flop. That's not what she said. Let's not put words in Shanae's mouth. Shanae has a big issue with people putting words in her mouth, as we see later in the episode. 
But uh, yeah, Elizabeth was not in that hot tub, and that was a a major issue to Shanae. She's going to ride it out. Clayton, nowhere to be found, doing some deep thinking about this uh, incredibly critical process. I mean, this is a rocket science-style situation. Clayton's got to sit back, crunch the numbers, and uh, all these girls eventually all just lose it on each other. Yeah, and they come in, they're like, you know what? You guys are all grounded now because I had to sit through that conversation. We're not even going to hang out at all. I don't want to see any of your faces until the rose ceremony cocktail party is canceled. And we go um, into this, like, segment of Elizabeth just, like, sobbing and being like, I can't believe I was even involved in this. Like, I ruined the night for my very best girlfriends in the whole world. And you're like, okay, maybe work on getting some better friends in your life. But... You're coming from a good place. What a sweetheart. She absolutely got shafted through this whole scenario. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been pretty pro Shanae, and um, that's mainly for the entertainment value. I'm not going to stop saying it because I still feel that way, but this was the first time that I legitimately felt bad when Jesse Palmer calls it. They go to the rose ceremony, and the final rose, <laughs> it comes down to Elizabeth and Shanae, which is... That is the nature of the show, but I was a little bit surprised by it. I, I thought that both would stick around, and it comes down to both of them, and you're watching it, and you're like, ah, oh, there's, there's, we've seen too much of Shanae in the previews. And uh, that was a true theory. Elizabeth goes home, and Shanae sticks around. I mean, it just proves how incompetent Clayton is at this. I have to, like root against him in some way to where I'm like, I yeah. kind of love Shanae. Like, I would be entertained if Shanae ended up being the one for Clayton. And I, I don't necessarily like either one of them, but it is entertaining because he's just so clueless. This is completely outrageous. The number of red flags that were in front of his face about Shanae, and he just read it all wrong. He was like, nope, uh... We're going to send Elizabeth home on this one. Not really vibing with Elizabeth. Absolutely mind-blowing to watch. And then, of course, Shanae gets in her ITM, and she does a little bit of taunting, a little bit of dancing, some singing. She's pretty happy about how all this played out. Another one down. Check them off the list. We're moving on. And it's a new week. we got to shake it off. We're going on this worldwide international tour. I believe that's exactly what Jesse Palmer said. We're going to start it off in Houston, Texas, though. So didn't totally make sense. But Clayton, uh, what is the first time we saw him excited? He gets to see his friend. sees Clarence. He's pretty pumped up. And then we get a little Rachel one-on-one. -on -one. Didn't know who Rachel was because this is kind of all we've been doing is this uh, Shanae Cassidy deal. But Rachel one-on-one -on -one, horseback riding. That's a unique idea for a date. I don't, I don't see that every season. Yeah, well, definitely what was unique was the barbecue date right after that with that completely random family. Who were they? There was no explanation. And, and that paired with the whole Clarence appearance, I mean, it was just confusing. Like, maybe they should have had, like, Clarence be in there instead of the random family because, like, Clarence gave us nothing. The only thing he really gives us is, like, an eight-mile reference with, like, Clarence's parents have a real good marriage. No? <laughs> yeah good job yeah that's uh that's relevant i actually watched those freestyles way way too soon that, that to be proud of um 
Yeah, a barbecue beer crashing party, which I'm sure was totally authentic. You know, those those people definitely didn't totally know they were coming. This show is really legitimate. And then uh, we sit down for a nice date. And um, Rachel's ex, to summarize, hated that she was a pilot. Clayton's cool with the fact that she's a pilot. Rose given private concert. Oh, my God. Incredible. Heart so full. Yes. I mean, okay. I know. I completely admit Rachel is Clayton's like more than likely best connection that we have seen him have thus far. They are clearly very into one another. Um, but something about her just like bothers me. I think it's the way that she just like has this like whisper sexy voice that she always puts on and um, and I really didn't like the whole delivery of like, okay. I really don't want to scare you off after this amazing day that we shared together, but I'm nervous. I am a driven, successful pilot, which you already knew before I told you about this. That's the bomb that she had to drop. Is that yeah, it's like, unbelievable? I'm yeah. a hardworking, dedicated, professional woman. Is that, is that going to be a, a deal breaker for you? And honestly, like, while that sucks to be your big reveal, she did have a point because truthfully, like, I, I would be upset if my fiancé was gone pretty often, which I imagine you have to be if you're a pilot. But with no hesitation at all, no discussion about, like, what the actual schedule would look like, Clayton's just like, I would never dim your light. That would never be a problem with me. We can live in two separate spaces and I don't even need to consider it. It's not a problem. Not going to be an issue. Yeah. Well, Clayton doesn't have any, any thoughts brewing around up there. And yeah, Rachel sets it up like she's about to tell him that she's like a porn star or something. I, I was shocked when it was uh, the pilot reveal, but uh, yeah, I don't think Clayton thinks um, really at all. I think he just uh, kind of looks at what's in front of him and thinks about what is the right thing to say, what is going to make this person feel happy and feel comfortable, which, you know, if you're like just meeting somebody or you're trying to get through a dinner with people that you may never see again, that's actually not a terrible way to interact. But if you're trying to build a relationship, it may not be the smartest way to go about each conversation that you have with everyone, which I think speaks to why we see Shanae kind of win everything. Because Shanae gets in front of him. Clayton's like, oh, hell yeah. She's hot. She wants to kiss. That is correct. And then we go into the night portion. They have like that that band. They're singing some song in the classic like slow dance nightcap. It was really sweet and like low key. I'm kind of love that song. I was like, should I put this on my wedding playlist? Cause I want to grow old together. Like that's a great message. Okay, yeah. Now we're gonna move on to the um, football part of the date. But before we do, Shanae is hearing some murmuring in the house. There's people talking about possible possible revolt action. The girls somehow don't like what Shanae's putting out. They hate that she's still here. And Shanae's just got an ear to the door. She's not causing a scene then and there. Real maturity from Shanae. Good job. But we move on to the uh, Texans Stadium group date. So. The Houston Texans, they don't win a lot of football games. I wouldn't classify this as a win either. This was a pretty brutal sports date. Uh, we get a little tailgating and then uh, some tackle football. You know, I love the sports dates, though. I think my favorite part about this is Clayton trying to coach Gabby up. Hey, Gabby, you know, you got to get in there protection, do some blocking. And Gabby's like, why? <laughs> 
I mean, we love we love any opportunity to introduce a little violence in these early weeks when the villains are still popping off. It keeps us on our toes. We're like, oh, this I got a bad feeling going into this. It gets us excited. They have the tacky announcers on the side just making it unbearable for all of us. Yeah. Um, but it, w- it was pretty funny. We had a few illegal tackles. Uh, somewhat, I think Shanae even got tackled when she did not have the ball. And me, <laughs> as a sports idiot, at least knows that you, you should probably at least have a reason to tackle somebody, like not someone who's just chilling. Yeah, you're not wrong. That that was a personal foul. There were some questionable calls, some questionable missed calls. Should this play have been blown dead? The purple team gets an extra seven points out of it. Uh, it, it was an atrocity. But at the end of the day, the purple team absolutely dominates. You could tell from the warm-ups that the blue team wasn't going to be that productive on offense. Uh, Sinead did get tackled illegally. Didn't love that. No call, though. You know, it's just it's just a joke. There's headhunting out there, and there's no integrity to this to this women's tackle football game. Yes, and this is the point in time where I realized that I, I like Sinead, and I am solidifying that with the decision to name the team the Shrimp Stampede, because that to me says... Like, I'm not taking myself too seriously. I can laugh at myself and be aware of how ridiculous this whole shrimp thing actually is. Um, And even now, she actually, like, deactivated her Instagram, probably because of a lot of comments and threats. But she's still posting, like, shrimp-related content on TikTok. So, I mean, I appreciate that. That makes me feel like she's probably not going to win. That's not great. Not that she ever could win. I mean, she's she's got to make it several more weeks with this style of play. I don't see it working out. But, yeah, uh, I had the shrimp team. I, I thought they were probably getting about 27 and a half on the spread they actually covered. I mean, I, I can't. I guess it matters how short the game is. But, yeah, a- absolute domination. But Shanae's team loses. And that means they're not going to go on the night portion of the day. And we do see a lot of the um, – Oh, but both teams get to go. Here's your participation trophy. They don't do that here. So the girls are kind of all throwing shots at Shanae. They're they're at the nightcap. They're having fun. She's not here. This is the best. The person who starts drama is not here. And Clayton's, you know, not really reacting to much of it. They're just there. They're having a good time. And a few a few women made some direct comments about Shanae that Clayton obviously noticed, which I think is an impressive step for Clayton, That just that he's noticing anything. And uh, Shanae, as we all could have expected, pulls up, hops out at the after party. And she is looking snatched, ladies and gentlemen, in yep. that black dress. Um, and she walks into the room, and Clayton is very off-put. He's sitting there having a conversation with frontrunner Sarah. And in front of Sarah, he's like, oh, Shanae, what are you doing here? Weren't you on the losing team? Aren't, aren't you a loser? And then as soon as she leaves the room, the tides start turning because it's just him alone with Shanae, and we know that he is completely powerless here in the situation. Yep. Um, Shanae is the only one doing the thinking in the room, and she's thinking, that's a pretty sturdy bar over there, and she hops up on it. They're going to make out. Uh, Clayton is doing a really sad job 
of, um, you know, leading these women or taking care of his heart or well interest in any way. It's very funny. It's very entertaining. Genevieve is immediately just uh, upset. She's going off. She can't stand that Shanae is getting away with it. And that's sort of where we leave off this week with a... Um, to be continued with the two-on-one. It's going to be Shanae versus Genevieve next week. Yeah, Shanae's going to find herself a new enemy. And if she doesn't, these girls are going to find her. Because this show's been going on too long for any of these women to put up with this. Shanae's got no friends in the house, no friends in the industry. She doesn't care. Uh, she goes, I, I kind of thought that this was going to be a turning point for Clayton, honestly. when After they all kind of universally are like, yeah, we, we hate this girl. The drama's gone. This is great. And then she still shows up, and all they did was was kind of make out. And then Clayton basically tells her, yeah, these are the people talking about you, which you know she's going to freak out about. And she goes and freaks out, and we get a classic uh, award thrown away with the trophy. You know, it's gone just like they did with my, my guy Will's jacket last season. Still a, still a crime that has not been answered for. But, uh, yeah, that's, that is where we leave off. Uh, Shanae says in the ITM, it's Shanae's show now. And I'm, I'm here for it. And you'd think that she's being, like, delusional, but she's not. She's absolutely correct. It is the Shanae show, and I will tune into it. I don't care if you're the villain. At least you know it. Uh, it's it's kind of fun. It's, it's fun. I think her time is definitely coming to an end. There's just been too much drama. And after the Elizabeth um, eviction, the fact that it's still continuing on, and will continue on again for another week. I feel like even Clayton's dumbass is gonna have to to realize that you know, she she might like me, but that's about it, and that's a red flag. Yeah, also, it, it's a perfect storm for her to stick around, though. You know, like because it's Clayton. If it was anybody else, she'd be gone. I think even Peter could have made this call, but because it's Clayton, she might be able to hang in there. That's a really good point. I think that Shanae's eviction is going to hold um, a lot of ground for me because I just, I want to see how it's going to go. I think it's going to be uh, violent or like intense, uh, just messy. Um, Cause uh, Clayton posted on his story an apology to Elizabeth for Ooh. sending her home and not sending Shanae home and threw yeah. in some like I didn't know that you were like be being made fun of for being like neurodivergent at the time so uh, just apologies for um her giant snub this episode so I think that is pretty telling as to like where he stands with Shanae now because if he ends up with Shanae it's probably not going to be apologizing to Elizabeth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is uh, really, really important. Great info. Nice uh, Sherlock Holmes research from you there. Yeah, Shanae, uh, it, it's going to be ugly when she leaves. And she's not the kind of person that's going to self-evict either. Like, we, we've seen that at times. Uh, villains, toxic characters, eventually they have enough and they kind of just leave on their own merit. But, like, she's not going to do that. Very true. And you know what? You, you kind of touched on it earlier but it's so true if you are like overhearing someone else actively talk about you 
how do you muster up the self-control to just listen and not react in that moment? Because if there's something about me that is getting blurted out immediately. I need you to know that you have gotten got, yeah. period. Um, but she doesn't do that. And I think that's pretty diabolical, powerful even. Uh, I'd love to see where that goes. It definitely helped her strategize the whole like, okay, I'm going to give them time to talk about me, but then I'm going to go in and save myself. I just can't believe it actually worked. I mean, any common sense would tell you she showed up on a date she was not invited to. Something's amiss here, but not for our guy Clayton. No, no, not at all. It's sad. It's fun to watch. I'm, I'm not hating it so far. It is, like, so stupid. Like, these first four episodes, I feel like we really haven't gotten anywhere. But I'm not, like, dreading it like I am sometimes. Because of Shanae, I'm going to be so sad when she's gone. And then I'm going to have to, like, learn all these other contestants. Because I, I don't know anything about them, hardly. Because it's just about Shanae. Totally. I'm, like, sitting here thinking, like... I'm shocked that she deactivated her Instagram because she seems like the type of person that knew exactly how she was going to be portrayed on camera. She's sort of feeding into it with the producers being like, you guys, I did it. I put on the best show in my life. Like you think that she knows like she's in on the joke, but she's not willing to take the heat. She can't take the comments. It's like surprising. Yeah. And I wonder if there's other people out there. Like there were people on Victoria Larson's post being like, Go Queen Victoria. Yay. And I, I couldn't believe it. But like, I wonder if there's people like us that are like, yeah, Shanae's kind of fun. I'm glad she's on this show. It's entertaining. I hope so. Because if not, then there's probably some fuming people listening to our take on this podcast. They're like, you guys are so dumb. Shanae sucks so yeah, bad. Yeah. Very good chance that uh, some people have, have not enjoyed our segment so far this year. So maybe her leaving would be the best thing for us long term sparkle emoji yeah i love that i mean the future's looking bright i think that this is going to be a huge mess no matter the trajectory of the season i mean clayton can't put one foot in front of the other so it is definitely going to be a joy to witness it sure is and that is all the time we have for this week we'll be back next week lexi great job Hey, thanks. See you next week. All right. Now a little euphoria talk with Shay. Oh, I love euphoria. That's great. You might have to, maybe, maybe you can hop on one week. It's that's uh show's becoming really tough to talk about. Actually. I didn't expect it to be this tough. Did you think of me when Fesco was like, damn Lexi, you're fearless. And here's Shay. All right, Red Talk, Euphoria, episode four. We are back. Shay Martin is here. Hey, what what's going on, man? Oh, not much. Just uh, hanging out, living life, loving Euphoria, man. Every episode just gets better and better. Loving it. You know, it's getting so much better, but you and I were texting after this episode, and I think you texted me first. You said, God, this is going to be impossible to talk about. And I think the next four messages we exchanged could not be on a recorded airway. This is really going to challenge us to put us to the test because there is nothing P even PG-13 rated about this show. 
No, I mean every diff- every scene, every house. It's just none of this is legal. Like, what what are we doing here? Everything is so raunchy. <laughs> I mean, HBO is pushing its limits every episode. Yeah, no, it's not stopped. They're getting a lot of backlash, uh, but you know this is already recorded, so they can't they can't change anything about this now. But we'll go ahead and jump into it. Um, uh, so we started off with Rue. So big surprise, Rue is still on drugs. She gets that uh, ten thousand dollar briefcase. She's supposed to be selling these drugs. And uh, she's clearly not doing so. We do see throughout the episode um, that Elliot eventually tells Jules that Rue is not clean. And that's an issue because Jules thought this whole time that Rue was clean. I don't know how because Rue is just uh, just obliterated. The entire show has no idea what's going on. Is is just so mellow the whole time. And uh, this is news to Jules. She's pretty heartbroken about it. But my main thing is Rue is not selling these drugs. I'm not endorsing selling drugs at all, but she should probably be selling some of these drugs. That's a whole episode now. We haven't heard of her big plan that everyone thinks so fantastic about how she's going to sell these drugs. So still pretty stumped there. And yeah, like you were saying with Jules, how could she not know that Rue was on drugs this whole time? Maybe Rue was always on drugs and Jules just thought this was her normal self. That's got to be the only thing. I mean, what are we doing here? Could be a great point because when has Rue really? I mean, outside of when she met Jules season one, you know, she's clean for, I mean, what, looking back, I don't know, four episodes or something, maybe. Tops. But I guess the entire season one, she was supposed to be clean and then she relapses at the end of the season, right? So, like, in all seriousness, I guess that was clean Rue. But this whole season, she's been uh, just completely out of it and Jules hasn't noticed anything different. Maybe that's on Jules. I'm not standing up for Rue. All I'm saying is, Rue, yeah, you got this big plan. I'm kind of thinking because she's so one of the influencer drugs, she forgot about the plan altogether, which is going to be an issue. She's going to need $10,000 somehow. And Jules, like, Okay, maybe you could notice a little more if you weren't too busy hooking up with this guy. Yeah, that's not a good look for Jules. She thought that uh, Elliot and Rue had their own thing, and she's like, well, maybe I just have my own thing with Elliot now, too. And it's like, Jules, what what are we doing here? Like, you got to notice some things. What you're doing is not great. Remember, remember episode one, Jules is crying, throwing up about the idea that Elliot and Rue are even friends, and now they're making out when Rue goes to the bathroom? Just a tough scene overall for Jules. I don't think she had a good episode. I mean, she's also a thief. I mean, what are we all doing? Stealing White Claws from that nice man's business. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, They got what they deserve, though. That window bashed out. You know, that's one thing we will not endorse is theft. Yes, Rue should be selling these drugs, but they do not need to be stealing stuff from liquor stores. Fact. Yeah, it's uh, it's really true. But that's about all we had for for them. Uh, Elliot uh, comes clean to Jules. I guess that was the right moment. Weird time for it since they were about to hook up. Uh, what else happened? Okay, we have, we have Nate. Nate, Maddie, Cassie, Love Triangle, which I think so far has been the most entertaining part of the season. It wasn't the biggest thing in this episode, but Nate pulls up to this party, and they're both there, and Cassie's been drinking. It's a little out of hand, and they're in a hot tub, and basically Nate's sitting there, and Maddie's like, yeah, we're not back together, and Nate was like, yeah, we're not, and Maddie was like, what, what did you just say? Did you just agree with me? You're supposed to say yes, and Nate... This was a poor Nate here. I mean, I hate to say that. I know nobody likes this guy, but Nate, tough episode. There's He could not catch a break. He probably had 15 lines total. Yeah, poor Nate. I mean, I shouldn't feel bad for the guy because of how he's treating these girls, but some reason I just do. Like, every time he opened his mouth, it was the <laughs> wrong thing to say somehow. And, I mean, yeah, he finally agrees with Maddie, the who's clearly psychotic, because agreeing with her was the worst thing he could have done. 
And yeah. then you got no. and then you got Cat coming at him too, and Cat needs to just she needs to deal with her own problems before she comes to somebody else. Poor Nate. All he was trying to do is get verification that that is what Maddie said. And Kat's like, oh, I'm not allowed to have a mind of my own. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. It's like, Kat, shut up. No one likes you. And then Maddie, you know, inadvertent crossfire is like, yeah, you want to marry me. You want to have kids with me and all. And this uh, basically results in Cassie, who's right there thinking that is my boyfriend you're talking about. And he's saying all this stuff to you. I'm going to go ahead and throw up in this hot tub. Just... Oh, it was disgusting. I mean, you could see it the whole time. Something's going to happen. Poor girl was blacked out for the last three hours of the night, it seemed. And Bubblegut just got the best of her, and she let it all go in the hot tub. <laughs> I mean, it's a tough you – know, what do you want Nate to do there? He's sitting there. I mean, obviously, he doesn't need to be in a relationship with these two women at the same time. That's not great. But I think, you know, if he's going to do that, he could probably pick two people that maybe – for, for instance, wouldn't be in the same hot tub together. Uh, two people where one of them isn't like a dominant person like Maddie, where she's just going to say all this stuff at any time. Complete loose cannon. And Cassie, who's uh, volatile, uh, highly emotional. N not a great uh, tandem backfield here for Nate. No, and I mean, honestly, Nate just should not have gone to that party. I mean, you got yeah. ma to make something up. Like, no, you can't go. Like, you're the only guy there. It's a birthday for Maddie. You cannot be there. What's he What's he have to gain there outside of looking cool in the necklace? Zero. I mean, it was awful for him. All he did was get berated by the women and then yelled at by Maddie to get him a towel. Yeah, good thing, though, that I, I you know, silver lining here for Nate is, you know, he survives it. He's not dead or anything. And uh, Cassie, probably not going to remember any of this. Yeah, I mean, she'll just have to hear about it the next day, this the terrifi terrifying night of blacking out and having to hear your friends tell you what you did, which is never great, but, you know. Could be worse. Yeah, I mean, it, she's the one that threw up in the hot tub. So in a way, they're going to spin this to where it's all her fault. She didn't know how to act. She's drinking too much, yada, yada, yada. But Nate, if I'm Nate here, and the next time I see Cassie, I'm I'm going, whoa, none of that happened. And then I'm learning from my mistakes. I'm getting better week to week. And I'm not hanging out with both of them at the same time again. It seems tough because I guess there's like eight people in this whole school. But uh, that should be Nate's goal going forward. Yeah, I mean, he's QB1, so he's he's reading the field right now. He's seeing the best way to attack this defense out there. So I'm excited to see how he spins this because I think it's going to be pretty funny. Right, and, you know, the Bengals are 10-7. and seven. They lost seven games this year. They're still in the Super Bowl. You can lose week to week and still get yourself to that pinnacle where you want to be. And I think that's, you know, Nate isn't exactly moving towards that right now. He's, he stayed stagnant. And then – all this tough stuff happens to Nate. He goes to his party, shouldn't have gone. I guess it's his only mistake here. He gets berated, like you said. And then he goes home, and he's just hanging out there with his family. You know, he, he didn't stay there. He didn't stay with Matt. He didn't stay with Kathy. He goes home. I guess he's going to get a good night's sleep. But we've been following his dad this whole episode, Cal. And that is basically the, you know, the last thing that really happened in this episode. So Cal got his head bashed in by Ash. Uh, I would assume he's on a few painkillers. And uh, he's got a, a big head wrap on. He's they did some damage on him. I'm glad we didn't. It wasn't like a cartoon, you know, where you see like a cartoon get ran over by a car. Then the next scene, they're fine. Mm -hmm. The cow's not fine. Very clear, visible contact. And Cal's gonna go to this uh, this bar he used to go to when he was a kid. He's gonna get really drunk, try to wrestle some pedestrians, get tossed from the said bar, uh, get upset, kind of laugh the whole time, drive heavily intoxicated, almost kill uh, probably around 100 people. Somehow makes it home. Should be a 30 for 30 about it. Gets home, pisses all over the floor, keeps his d 
out uh, and basically tells everybody in his family that it's their fault. Yeah, I mean, I, ooh, the scene was just, it was tough to watch. The mom, she clearly is just, she's on, she's at the end of the road with him. I mean, Cal, what are you doing, dude? And Cal's just screaming about about how the dudes he's had sex with in his whole life to his sons, and uh, they really just don't know how to react, and I don't think I would either, so I'm right there with them. There's three other characters in this scene, and I think Cal says 99% of the words said. All of them are just shocked, and Nate's brother, who, what is that, like the second time we've seen him in the history of the show? Yeah, I don't remember anything about him. He's having a tough, tough little run here. You know, he's an innocent bystander and all this. But, you know, I'm watching this scene. And, I mean, Cal is, like, I guess, like, telling his truth, which on The Bachelor is, like, you know, commended. But th- I thought this was horrifying. And, uh, you know, out the whole time. I- I'm at work today, right? Just grinding, doing a little bit of work. And these two women who are, I would imagine, around 10 years older than me. God, I hope they don't listen to this podcast. But they're talking about euphoria. You know, so I, I pause the Pat McAfee show for a second. And I'm like, oh, let me pick up a little a few notes for the episode tonight. See what they think. And they, they're just talking about how much they love Cal. How they thought they could love him. But, but how he's just, how he's great. I was like, oh, are me and Shay watching some alternate version of the show? God. I will say I did see another TikTok. A couple girls had like a pyramid of how much they liked the characters from episode four and Cal was at the top. And I was like, what What do you mean? Cal like almost murdered countless people, got kicked out of a bar, just made fun of his entire family. And I'm like, is this, do I have to watch Grey's Anatomy to like the guy more? Like, what are we doing here? Hey, he is McSteamy on Grey's Anatomy. A lot of seasons of that show. Very successful program. But, I mean, yeah, it would be like if a kid, um, I, I don't know, like broke his leg when he was 10. Like broke his leg bad, right? Like spent three years on the shelf with a shattered leg. And then he went and murdered a bunch of people 10 years later. And you're like, oh, but, you know, he had a tough childhood. Remember that time he broke his leg? It's insane that people are like this guy just because of the the. Uh, the pre-episode that we got of like, oh, here's why he is this way, which, by the way, we've gotten for every single character on this show. It really wasn't that special. Yes, tough draw for Cal, I guess. But th- this was a horrific showing of just being a person. Yeah, I mean, do we forget, like, Cal also had sex with multiple minors. Like, this was a bad, this is not a good guy. <laughs> like, bad, horrible guy. Not great. So I'm, I'm not I'm not seeing the correlation here with great guy, but, you know. Worst guy on the show, and I usually don't, you know, check in to work conversations, but I really wanted to check in and be like, I- I'm sorry, what are you all saying over there? Like, I, I like you were wrong. I, this is wrong. Like, I, I just want to know more about it. Like, I, I was pretty locked in watching the episode. I, I, I took notes, I saw the thing the whole time, and, and I, I never thought at one point, like, man, this gal, dude, he's really flying up the rankings. He's a good dude. I don't know. I mean, I guess it was cool hearing his truth. That was okay, but like, I'm not gonna let that everything in his past slide. Like, he's still a father. <laughs> like, what are we right. doing here? It's like uh, you know, you're watching a Batman movie, right? And they give you the backstory on this is how the Joker is the Joker. This is how we got Bane. But you're still not like, yeah, go Bane. Right. I mean, he he's still a murderer that is doing whatever he wants to get his way. Like, yeah, he's still currently in this thing that you're watching, and you're not done with 
almost committing several murders. And he, he's definitely been getting picked on these last two episodes, which we hadn't seen before. I mean, maybe they, they're looking back and they're like, oh, he's got the best chili in town. People forget he's a, he's a 10-time chili champion. Nobody can knock him off. And maybe that's coming up again, you know, with new school year. We could be going back to the fair soon where Cal defends his title. And then, I mean, they'll probably build a statue of him in my office. I don't see why not. He's, you know, to the community, he's number one dad, great guy. So, and to clearly all of his fans, I don't know why, but they seem to love the guy too. I thought you know, it starts with him and he's like talking to Nate in the living room. And I'm like, oh, he's going to confront Nate about how Nate lied about why he got his ass beat by this drug dealer and all this stuff with this uh, phantom disc that doesn't exist or anything like that. And Kyle's just wasted. He's like, yeah, I'm going out for a drive. And Nate's just like, oh, God, just wear a seatbelt. Cal can't stop laughing. He's like, oh, this is going to go well. He's just it, hogging up two lanes. Just, yeah, not a great guy. Brought out the old Jeep. No way that Jeep's got great traction. And in that weather, he should have murdered multiple people. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Uh, you can definitely tell it's a fictional show. But, yeah, the episode ends. Uh, Rue is having a spiritual experience. Uh, she gets a little too high. And um, she's hugging a priest. She's thinking about how her, her dad passed away long ago. or I don't, I don't really know how long ago it was. But it's kind of where we end. Uh, Rue has clearly gotten uh taking it a little too far one might say and uh i guess that's where we're gonna pick back up all i know is she's not doing with what she's supposed to be doing with those drugs and it's eventually going to come back to haunt her yeah she's in a bad place like out of all the characters in the show that are in bad places she is the closest to dying somehow i mean she's in an awful place most likely to be murdered right now for sure, which we wouldn't expect. Main character of the show, executive producer of the show also. So uh, unlikely that she's uh, going to die anytime soon. But that's this is halftime, right? There's eight episodes last season. Uh, Zendaya tweeted after the episode halfway there, heart. So we got four more weeks of this. Uh, it, a, a lot can happen. A lot can happen. And things are going to start turning. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where we're really going to go with this, but that's the great part about being a fan. Every week I get to come and find out something new. You know? Yeah, legit, legitimately no predictions. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where we could really go. Someone's going to die. I got a feeling that's going to happen, but I don't know who. Yeah, it, somebody definitely died. And I watched the preview of the next episode, and they didn't show hardly anything. Like, I wanted to take notes on it. I was like, oh, okay. That that just gave me absolutely nothing. It was like one of those things where they just show a bunch of flashing faces. Like, oh, yeah, I, I know they're going to be there. Give, give me a little bit more. They wouldn't give it to me. So, who knows? Sunday, 9 o'clock, though, we'll be back. Sounds good. All right, Shay, great job. Um, you you want to say anything to me about uh, the Super Bowl or anything? Uh, congrats on both your teams getting there, I guess. You know, even though you're a... Joe Burrow fan and Bengals fan, right? Uh, yeah, all around Bengals fan. Joe Burrow, yeah. Uh, we're we've jumped on the the Bengals train, you know. That's they, fair. Yeah, I mean, only took you know Joe one full season. It's pretty nice. He's a he's a pretty good player, man. He's a good looking dude too. I love his hair. Yeah, he's a, he's a smooth looking dude. Smooth talker. Outfits are cool. Uh, just just all around, like just Joe Cool. That's that's all you need. He's Joe Cool. It's like the two most likable quarterbacks in a Super Bowl, I think, in a really long time. Like, who who could not like either of those guys? I mean, yeah, I've been a Stafford guy forever. Definitely a Hall of Famer, so I'm excited yeah, to and, see him go. And you're a Vikings fan, so you could, like, easily hate him. 
See, and then I loved Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers too, and I'm just like these guys have tormented me my entire life. Yeah, but Stafford hey, didn't do anything like that. No, Stafford lost. Did, but, and Favre gave me a good year. I'll give him that. Ah, oh, I forgot about that. Yes, he did. Okay, all right. No, all right. that's uh, yeah. Rams Bengals Super Bowl Euphoria episode five next week. Shay, until next time. Let's roll. TTYL. <laughs>